Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, today, we are continuing our history of the Elixni, uh, last time also known as the Fallen. Uh, I think last time we got to the point to where they really are kind of fallen. Uh, f- fallen from grace, fallen from the Traveler's grace, like that's that's kind of where they're at at this point. Because uh, we had talked about, obviously, back in the beginning, their home on Reese, their golden age, their collapse, the whirlwind, the long drift, all the way into our solar system. The, the pirate crews, I mean, they, they, they have had a, a, a very bumpy ride through their own history. And it just keeps getting bumpier. <laughs> so <laughs> the most recent thing that we that we did, uh, uh, we ended last week at uh, Uldren. Being all, all the houses, all the different houses of the Elixni had been dissolved. And they had all banded together under one house, a new house, uh, the House of Dusk. And a very beaten and bruised and battered down Uldren uh, had been brought before the Kel and appointed their king kind of like they're they'd been appointed their kel and said the 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 old kel of kings uh house of kings said lead us and he said sweet awesome and each one of them has a different motive for having Aldrin being put in charge for for the kel of kings it's it's hey this thing has no honor and whatever and so if we fail then we fail we're meant to be fallen but if we if we survive and we and we thrive then great he's united us and we are a united people once again Uldren, on the other hand is like i've got an army i'm gonna go fuck shit up <laughs> pretty much yep so yeah <laughs> that's that's those are the two mentalities there uh of the two different uh thing the the meeting of minds there um but that 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 all of that um that whole meeting uh all happened uh in lore entries uh that we got to discover uh during forsaken the the first expansion of destiny 2 um but the the timeline of that happened in between destiny 1 and destiny 2 and so now tonight we're going to kind of start off with destiny 2 base base game destiny 2 the og uh basically the 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 I, I don't want to say the beginning of the Red War campaign because obviously that's all cabal, but there are some stuff that happened uh, during and post Red War campaign, right, Myth? Yeah. So uh, we come across this now united, uh, out of desperation, Elixni force that have uh, burned their banners, their old house banners, and are, have now come under uh, what they're calling the House of Dusk. And although we don't know it at the time, uh, we do have run-ins with this house during the uh, original Destiny 2 campaign. They're certainly not the main focus, that is clearly Cabal, um, but they have a part to play in some of the uh, some of the campaign missions and then some of the side missions as well. So the very first time we come across this new house, House Dusk, is actually when our guardian makes their trip to the shard of the traveler and to to back up just for a second because i'm realizing now i need to preface some of this i was going to say some of our newer guardians don't have a clue what yeah. what some of this stuff is so uh i'm not going to go over the whole original campaign but um 
at the very beginning of, of the Destiny 2 vanilla campaign, uh, all Guardians lost their light. Uh, the Traveler was essentially caged by Gaul. Um, light was cut off. No one had access to any of their powers or the ability to be resurrected or anything like that. And one of the early missions to the campaign uh, brings your guardian to a shard that fell off the traveler at some point uh, and landed in kind of a swamp. And uh, you, you know, travel to this shard uh, and use what what light is remaining in it to restore your yourself to your previous powers. Uh, but as luck would have it, you are not the only one that knows this shard exists and has power. Uh, and uh, who would think, but the Elixni are also very interested in a piece of their God. Uh, yeah. And so the house of dusk is at the shard of the traveler trying to siphon power away from it uh, when our you know, player guardian shows up um, and disrupts their operations and then regains their light. Um, following this uh, defeat at the Shard, the Fallen instead push an offensive against the Cabal, which we see a little bit of in the Arms Dealer strike. There's a portion in Arms Dealer where you're coming out of... Uh, the fire base going to the ship and there's oh, yeah. a battle happening between, uh, you know, if you don't skip it, like 99% of us <laughs> like, do and just like hop around the side. Like everyone does in the GM and yeah. they're just like, we got to speed through this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's a fight happening between an Elixni force and the Cabal forces kind of on the ramp of the ship there. And that is uh, one of the main offensives of the uh, House of Dusk saying like, okay, we've lost control of the shard. Um, you know, the light that was in it has already been tapped, so it's useless to us. Uh, so let's try and get some resources the, you know, from the other readily available supply, which is the Cabal. Uh, and so they're trying to invade this, this ship, um, not knowing that it has been... Uh, that a new commander has been placed because we, during the campaign, had eliminated the original um, Cabal commander of that ship. So the Elixir are trying to raid it for resources. Um, and that's all that is, is like a like a push for resources, right? Like yeah. Because I know during the Red War campaign, um, we actually go visit uh, Io uh, because the Cabal are trying to manufacture light. So there's none of that like manufactured light uh, in this ship or anything that this is just a straight like we're the elixir are just like we just need to get our hands on anything we can get our hands on yeah uh they're they're purely just trying to find resources now something that is interesting that they find um is they come across a uh some kind of substance it's never really said in any uh any detail what it is but they come across a substance from the cabal that they discover can um, supercharge their ether and uh, this cabal tech is actually used to uh, create what is essentially like a super soldier serum but in ether and is distributed oh. across a few uh, elixir across kind of this 
this experimental group um, that has has found it and is trying to figure out if it's viable. And uh, you know, the Guardian and the Vanguard clearly do not want Super Soldier Elixir running around. Uh, no, nope. that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, they and the players know what that looks like with Randall the Vandal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 canon now. You know that that's exactly how Randall the Vandal yep. <laughs> became that. He was the experimental one. He was the experiment. <laughs> but needless to say, Player Guardian discovers that this is going on and we break into their super ether production and destroy everything there in the quest called Experimental Treatment. Um, And then we... Uh, you know, for the most part, any any other happenings between the uh, House of Dusk and the Guardians on Earth are just little skirmishes, public events, that kind of thing. Because that's that's a big thing to note there too. Is is we're talking a very broken race here. Like we're like the Elixir. We have we have beaten down and, or killed, just outright killed mm-hmm. most of their kells archons servitors barons i mean we have literally dismantled the elixni from the top down and and they are very much a a broken people um during the events of d2 yeah the the vanilla d2 it's really like they are they're scrounging for resources they are you know they have more numbers under house of dusk than any single house had before just because all the survivors have come to have come together but that does not mean that they have a good command structure or supply lines or like the they came together out of desperation thriving yeah yeah no they they are trying just to survive um so that brings them to the next place we come across house of dusk which is titan uh which is no longer in the game, but uh, say Titan is is a um, a moon that was uh, essentially just a giant methane ocean. Uh, but there was uh, not only some kind of more industrial uh, areas that that we could access. There was also an area there called the Arcology, which was uh, kind of like a, a center for you could think of it as a university. It was a center for education and research. Kind of, kind of like uh, Ishtar Collective back on Venus. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Yeah. Uh, so there was this this arcology, which had a lot of uh, untouched, you know, areas to it that you know the the elements of time had gotten to, but no one had really gotten in there and and raided it uh, for technology. And the uh, the fallen did not know that this Titan outpost existed until Zavala fled Earth uh, in the you know after losing light, um, fled Earth because the city was lost and rally, tried to rally people on Titan. The fallen picked up on you know his messages and his uh, flight trails and followed him to this this Titan outpost and discovered like, Oh, there's, there's some things here. Maybe we can use this stuff. I, I still think that's the most like, I, I don't know, not ironic, but like a Titan going to the moon <laughs> Titan, like 
it, it just like yeah. did you just go there to punch things like are you being the most titan thing to tighten your titanness like is that what's i don't know why that always that always stuck with me that zavala the 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 head of the vanguard and the head of the titans went to the moon titan and that was his full that was his full thought process it felt like <laughs> like i'm just gonna go to a place that's named after me and call it good <laughs> well he did know that commander sloan was there uh to do another kind of base titan. operations but yes another <laughs> titan <laughs> you see what i'm saying here <laughs> there's a pattern there's a pattern there's a pattern no we're not saying that titans are dumb but <laughs> small-minded, maybe short-minded. I think would be the short, short-sighted. Yeah, punch it until it dies. That's a uh, yeah. I mean, it works for them in Crucible most of the time. So you know, this is very true. I did anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so amongst the various Golden Age technologies that are discovered on Titan, one of them is a reactor, a methane reactor. And all all of this stuff was used to like power the arcology, right? Like this was like they had like old uh, like uh, what was what are they called? Like wave. Um, it was it was almost like a not a perpetual motion machine, but like a motion capture machine. So like the waves of the methane would push these pumps up and down, and that would create uh, 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 energy for the whole station. And, yeah, and that was that was how the whole thing was powered. And so is this is this like one of those uh, like obviously not a motion capture thing but a, a reactor using methane the same way like a nuclear reactor would use nuclear rods yeah that's kind of how i how i interpreted it um they don't ever go into much detail about the science of how this reactor works only that how dare uh, they they send you know they being sloan um sends the player guardian after it uh because it is necessary to restore power to uh, the ship um, to the the uh, kind of industrial outpost that you're on, um, and so our guardian is is following you know the reports of where this reactor is is supposedly at within the arcology, um, and we're not the only ones that are interested in it because this you know reactor essentially just generates energy off of methane which we're you know titan is a literal ocean of uh so pretty readily available energy uh the elixni are also very interested in that they they want to know or they they want to have the ability to create large amounts of energy because they need that in order to boost their ether production and keep themselves alive so during this mission, as we are going through to get this methane reactor, um, we come across a group of House Dusk uh, under the leadership of a captain by the name of Mithrax. Now, now, when we're going through this mission, we don't actually know that, though, right? Because he, he, it doesn't say, like, when, when, when we come, when, like, if we mouse over him or... or reticle over him with our gun or anything there's no there's no title it just says captain right no it gives him a title uh it does at the him, very okay, end I couldn't of remember if it actually okay yeah i couldn't remember if it gave a title or not or if it was just a um the whole time like he's just he's just there and you're just like what is this captain 
yeah, for for most of the mission, it is that um, you're playing kind of this game of cat and mouse where you'll see, you know, you'll see this captain kind of uh, always a step ahead of you going through this, uh, these areas of the arcology, leaving behind patrols to try and like delay you um, with the intention of, you know, getting there before you. Uh, Additionally, not only is the Guardian um, going after this reactor, but the areas of the arcology that are being traversed to get to it are under hive control. So the Elixni are fighting the hive uh, and we, the Guardian, are fighting both um, to try and get to this reactor first. And we're never given an opportunity to, like, move our reticle over uh, over this captain we're chasing uh, until right. the very end when we arrive and uh, after this this actually kind of a, a long you know and even ghost throughout it references like man they're they're keeping ahead of us really well like this is a smart elixir um, mm-hmm. and we we finally get to the end where the reactor is stored and we find this captain that we've been we've been chasing this whole time is in a fight with a hive knight. And this is the opportunity where we can mouse over them and we can see uh, the, the names, you know, the name cards above the, the character models. Um, and I, I don't remember what the, the hive knight was. It wasn't anything of, of, uh, you know, yeah, great import. Of crazy importance. Yeah. No. Um, but when you mouse over the, the captain, their name is Mithrax. And we have a choice here as, as the player. So the, good to remember, this is D2 vanilla campaign. This is before Mithrax as a character had been introduced in any way uh, in the lore or in in-game story. This is our first yeah. run-in. Uh, and you as the player have the option to decide how you want to uh, settle the conflict between this captain and hive knight. Um, you can kill the captain and then the knight will attack you and you kill the knight. Uh, you can load up a rocket and just get both of them. Uh, or <laughs> I don't know why that thought of just like, Hey, there's two guys here. I'm pretty sure I killed both yeah. with a single rocket. Click, click. Let's go. <laughs> click, click. Boom. Uh, or if you make the choice to kill just the knight, something interesting happens. Uh, you kill just the hive knight, and the captain stops, does not attack you, is not aggressive towards you, stops, and kind of like bows their head to you a little bit. I was just going to say, he leaves. does that, that, that bow that Shirido did to Mithrax, that, that like very proper greeting bow, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, no, I, it, I think it so. Was, it was such a cool moment, like, and it was it was this it was just random moment, right? Like, nobody really understood what was happening there. Like, no, I, the, the the name of the mission was uh, "Enemy of My Enemy," uh, and and that moment at the end that was a true like choose your own adventure moment there, like. I, I I don't know that Destiny's ever done anything like that before or like that since, but 
it was such a neat moment. Like if you kill the if you kill the knight, and then you just stop for a second. Like, and some people some people didn't even realize this until they started reloading. Right, like you kill yeah. the knight, and you run out of ammo, and you're reloading. And as you're reloading, this this captain like stops, and he doesn't attack you, and you're just like, why is he not attacking me? And like you just kind of pause, like. For 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 most of like autopilot mode gaming, you're just like, oh, kill that thing, kill that thing, kill that thing, kill that thing. But in that one moment of like, oh my god, he didn't attack me, and then he bows out. Like he literally does this like nice proper elixir bow, and then transmats out, and you're like, what the fuck was that about? Like, it's such a cool moment. I I I. I can't like if 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 you our viewers have any chance to go check it out on on YouTube. I'm sure there's videos of it. Um, Enemy of my enemy, um, Destiny Two campaign or Destiny Two mission. Uh, the ending of that is just it's such a good, such a, such a fun moment in in just in gaming in general. It, it really is, and um, and it, it, a little out of game lore about that that moment. Uh, there was a interview, um, I believe it was with Game Informer at the time about uh, that, you know, that mission. Um, I think it was when Zero Hour came out because we see a reintroduction to the yep. Mithrax character, which we'll talk about. But uh, they had asked them, you know, was this all planned? Like, what, what did you guys know that this, uh, this Elixney character was going to kind of be become this uh community focus and and you were going to do things with it later on and they said no this was very much a we just kind of thought it was a cool idea that you know bring bring a little a little humanizing to the elixir race because you know they're not pure evil like the hive are um or at least how the hive were described at the time uh sure yeah, and we we wanted just to give a moment to give players a little bit of pause and, and a little Easter egg if they, uh, you know, didn't have an itchy trigger finger, um, <laughs> and that that one little oh this would be kind of neat if we did that turned into this huge like every people in the community loved that they loved that That's there what was I'm a. Saying. There was like now this Elixni character that was maybe non-aggressive and like yeah. that opened up so many um, theories from people and like that that one moment and the community's love for that moment essentially turned Mithrax into a character that is now one of the main characters of the the Destiny yep. universe, which is so cool. Off, off of just a random mission, like yep. all of all of this lore that we've been talking about with the history of the Elixni, I I don't even know like hardly half of it really existed. I mean, obviously there's the stuff in D1 where like the houses were still crumbling and collapsing into nothing, and and we had the Kell of Kells with Skolas and all that stuff. But like a lot of this lore that we're reading uh, through the last few episodes is all lore that was discovered way after d2 yeah uh, like like forsaken had some of it obviously the most recent season uh season of the plunder has has revealed a ton of stuff to us um about the the elixir but yeah it's this really was like the it, it was that one moment where it's like you kind of get like this little smile this little oh hey that's cute and then it turned into this huge thing so that was our first interaction with Mithrax. Um, and canonically, 
despite being able to end that mission however you wanted canonically we only killed the hive knight uh, <laughs> i do i do like that too like you, hey yeah you can do the thing but we're still going to tell the story that we want to tell <laughs> yeah like people love this character so we're gonna just assume you kept him alive uh yeah yep. but uh as a mithrax in the house of dusk were not the only ones that were interested in titan uh, there is another Elixni who is uh, really kind of has has had some time, especially with the collapsing of the houses, uh, to form up their own kind of brand of Elixni government, and that would be the Spider. Yeah, and merch merchandising. <laughs> spider is also very interested in Titan. For very for a very different reason, for merchandising reasons, <laughs> no. <laughs> so we see some of that lore in the Scatterhorn uh, armor set, and this is uh, one of those armor sets that it's the same lore across all the classes, um, but it tells us a, a neat little story about Spider and how his motivations may not be um, as fiendish as we may think sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to start with the Scatterhorn helmet, uh, and the lore on that reads, Anything else, Ara? Yes, Spider. Ara answers in Elixni. Mithrax has told me about the orb the humans call Titan, the water world of floating cities. Before the Red War, very few humans visited. Very few. I'm already bored. Titan is still ripe with plunder, Spider. And now the plunder comes to us. The Guardian, Slon, sends shipments of it to Terra in unmanned craft. Relies on the cloaking to protect it. But the cloaking cannot stop a web. Not if we know where to cast it. How interesting. Spider scratches his chin. Very good, Ara. It's time for you to go fishing. Fishink? Spider leaves a put-upon sigh. Catch me one of those boats, you fool. Yes, Spider. I shall. Only when he is outside the spider's audience chamber does Ara allow himself a frustrated growl. Catch a boat, Ara. Yes, that was the idea. So that's the end of that lore. It it makes me laugh how much like human um what were the it it, it idioms? <laughs> or, or like human mannerisms and stuff that spider uses constantly. Mm-hmm. And then, the, but like the rest of the elixir, they don't have a lot of interactions with humans. So they're like, like go fishing. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Go fishing. I'm gonna go get this this ship for you. What what are you even talking about? And then Spider's just like, you're dumb. Yeah. Like that's it's 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 so funny to me how often Spider does things like that. Well, keep that in mind because as we continue reading this Scatterhorn set. Uh, we're gonna see even more of that those little human humanisms 
um, that are very yeah. unique to Spider. And uh, I, I think it's it's an interesting character trait. Um, so the next uh, bit in this, this story is from the Scatterhorn Gauntlets, and they read, Spider leans forward in his throne, surveying the crates Ara has brought before him. What have you caught in my web? The hall, it turns out, is almost entirely composed of Golden Age astronomy equipment. Deep space scanners, detailed maps of arcologies, comets, space stations within the systems, even a few outside of it. Ara has only ever heard of a few of these places, and he grew up devouring the tales of his ancestors' journeys after the whirlwind. The hall is priceless. Spider is uninterested. I suppose I can find a buyer for these, he says with a dismissive wave of his hand. The Awoken have no use for these trinkets, of course, but perhaps someone in the Earth City will bite. He clicks his mandibles. Disappointing, Ara. Disappointing. Spider, I hope very much that the ship's log will be more edifying. You brought it to me, too, of course. Yes, Spider. Head bowed to hide his disappointment, Ara hands Spider a data pad. Spider scrolls through it with three of his eyes closed. Only when he reaches the bottom do all of them open. It says here that your Sloan believes an unknown party is stealing from Green Dove Arcology. I am stealing from New Pacific Arcology, Ara says with a trace of a pout. Spider ignores him. Ara, let Brivy take over the web. You will discover for me the identity of this enterprising thief. Yes, Spider. That's the end of the gloves. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's stepping in on my territory. That's... Yeah, Spider Spider's not put up with shit like that. Like he's he is he's a mobster. He's he's a black market dealer mobster that's like this I'm I'm a run I mean, we talked about it last time of like, hey, I'm gonna offer you a fair day's wages and paid paid time off when you get sick. Uh come work for me and, and we'll make uh we'll make merchandising work for us, right? Like that's his that's his whole thing. So yeah, if somebody's if somebody's gonna be stepping in on, on his and his territory he, he considers the entire solar system his territory. Like there's no oh, yeah. like it's not like, oh, hey, I'll take these couple of moons and I'll take I mean he's a mobster, like everything is his. Full stop. Yeah, if it is black and, market, and, it is his. <laughs> yeah. If it's soul system, it's his. Like that's <laughs> maybe even stuff outside the <laughs> he's very much like anything that he can turn a profit on like that's that's it and it's, it's interesting to me here and i i guess i kind of get it like mithrax is very much like what what are the awoken because because that's that's i want to say that's like his primary um market is is the awoken just because he's based out of the arif and and what little awoken are left or are they're they're almost like what would you call that like mutual i don't want to say mutual parasites but like the 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 spider of the reef is thriving with his business because the people of 
the the awoken that are living in the reef need that need that extra bit of like oomph to to kind of keep going because they we're talking the 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 awoken are also are also a broken people they've lost their 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 queen they've lost the prince they've lost i mean they, it's like petra became kind of like head person in charge by proxy or or, or not by proxy by by um uh, uh necessity and so like you've got these two people that are really kind of feeding off each other and so spider's always looking for something that's going to turn the best profit towards the awoken but then to look at all this stuff here that that this that this this guy has brought him and and to see just what he describes as junk like he he doesn't care like he he doesn't care what's in the soul system he, it's all his like whatever he whatever he finds he's just going to find a way to merchandise it or or whatever um but then to be like, well, I guess you know, the, there might be some people in the last city that might find some of this stuff interesting or whatever. Um, whereas, like this, this one Elixni is like, hey, this is some neat stuff, man. Like, I, I grew up, my, you know, my dad told me stories of this stuff. Like, how dare you say this stuff isn't cool? Like, you suck, Spider. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, like, and and then for Spider to see like that last little bit and be like. Go 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 find me this 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 is information that I need and and again to like a mobster information is everything right like that's if you're in the know like then you're set like you don't have to worry about anything there um so to so to so to to tell this little elixir like hey go find this guy who's who's stepping in on my territory who's who's stealing stuff out from underneath me yeah that's, so that's big news for spider a few a few other things to point out here so um. The the stuff that Ara has found, these deep space scanners and detailed maps and space stations, like space station locations. Um, although Spider is hand waving the way, is like that's not what he wants. That's not what he's looking for. Um, but that that stuff is super valuable. Like if you were to come to the city and be like, "Hey, I have the location of Golden Age space stations throughout the system." They oh my god, dude, we'd be lose our minds. It. We'd lose our minds. Uh, but it's not what Spider's after. You know, and if it's not what he's after, he doesn't care. And it's interesting that not only does he, I think, is he like, oh, someone's on my turf. I think he knows the green dove arcology um, is different than the new Pacific arcology. So new Pacific arcology was the area that we had access to as the player on Titan. Um, and the new Pacific arcology was much more, uh, focused around, like we said, research and, uh, education primarily of celestial bodies. It seems a lot of the stuff that comes out of there has been, uh, you know, based around space theories and, um, you know, clearly they got scanners and maps and things out of it. The green dove arcology is only mentioned once or twice in the lore that I could find, but it is mentioned as being a location for art exhibits. So much more of a museum Ooh. than a research area. That's interesting that like the spider would be, ah, that's, that's, it, it's, that's like, that's kind of weird, right? Like you would think that he would be more interested in like the space charts and stuff like that. Like, Hey, I can, I can chart out more golden age stuff and I can find more stuff to, to go loot and plunder, but to be interested in the art district, basically like that's, I mean, I guess, I guess that's that's also kind of like the 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 mobster thing, right? Like, you know, I, I've got to have these fancy art paintings because these are worth millions. But like, 
are they really? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think something's to be said for uh, for how Spider maybe values his artifacts. Yes. Um, but so we're going to continue with the Scatterhorn um, chest piece, and uh, he has found who his competing thief is and has a discussion with them. So that one goes like this. Come now, my potential new friend, Spider encourages. Let's have a chat. I see from your robes that you are from the noble order of the dead orbit. You were returning from Green Dove Arcology when you accepted my invitation. Your forearms captured me, and I have here your ship's manifest. Spider waves a data pad. How careless of you, little thief. That was encrypted, and now it's not. Spider considers Jusain his four eyes closing one after the other and then opening again. He sits up. How rude of me. This is no way to begin a friendship. Not only will I speed you on your way to Titan, my friend, but I will give you an armillary recovered from New Pacific Arcology. Recovered? In the corner where Petra used to stand, Ara sulks. Spider grins. In exchange, perhaps you will give me something from your previous shipment. Nothing of value, just a symbolic gesture of our new relationship. Perhaps number 89 on the manifest? My manifest only went to 71, says Jislaine. Now, what a useless little lie. It's true. Search my ship if you haven't already. You must have scraped a different dead orbit ship manifest off our network. Ah. Spider tries not to click his mandibles in displeasure, even though he's fairly certain this earthling wouldn't recognize the gesture even if he did. So this... He pauses to read from the data pad, pretending like he's forgotten what it says. Oil likeness of eight moons over a village is already with your dead orbit associates on Earth? Unless they're even unluckier than me, yes. I see. Spider gestures at Ara. Ara, see our new friend out. Make sure she and her ship leave here unharmed. And that's the end of that little orbit. He's he's gonna shoot that ship out of the sky as soon as it's outside of like reef. Yeah, it's this is this is mobster written all over it. This is. I do, I do like that 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 deal there though. Like he resists the urge to do his click thing. Like insect noises, cha- insect chattering intensifies, mm-hmm. uh, because that's very much an elixney thing. Like that's that's an elixney ism, you know. Like and and the human standing before him, they, they, it's it's going to be just like the 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 other elixney having the humanisms told said to them like they they don't understand what that means they're fishing i don't know what insect insect clicking intensifies i don't know what that means like right yeah 
I always imagine everyone everyone in game just has like like in their feed, right? Like because because everyone like in game you're wearing a, a, a suit, uh, and so like inside your helmet, like your HUD that that appears on your on your screen that shows like your ammo and your super and all that stuff. That's actually supposed to be like the inside of your helmet. Uh, and if you if you look at it at it, it's slightly curved to where it's supposed to be like the inside, and then like when it says like mission complete at the top of what at the top of the screen, like it's slightly curved, so it's like the inside of your helmet. I imagine everyone canonically inside their helmet has a translator, and it has uh, um, you can turn like like uh, the te- subtitles on, and so when like if an elixir is like clicking at you, it literally will just pop up with just like insect noises intensify in your helm, and you're just like. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just I, that's what I imagine every person in game has in their helmets is just this this little subtitle that pops up at the bottom of the screen anytime an elixir starts clicking at them they're just like I don't I don't know what that means. Do I answer back? Do I not answer back? Are I don't, good I don't clicks know what or bad doing. clicks or... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, so so Spider learns whatever this item is that he's after is in the care of Dead Orbit. And he sends uh, Ghislaine on her way. Uh, however, he has another operative within Dead Orbit that he can now try and tap for information. So we see the continuation of this in the Scatterhorn boots, uh, and they go like this. Spider's operative within Dead Orbit is a man named Howe who sounds truly terrified to receive a direct call from his covert employer. Spider buries his real desire within a long list of weapons and ammunition, but Howe still manages to single it out. Did you say number 89 on Manifest Dove 15? I do not believe I stuttered. But that's... it's so... Old, pre-Golden Age, we think Lynn's best guess is that it was part of a moving art exhibit. You tell me nothing I do not already know. But why? Why do you want it? Spider might have let the man live up until now. A pity, really. All you need to know is how much I will pay you if you bring it to me. All right, Howe says dubiously. Give me a hundred hours. You have forty. Spider ends the call and begins the process of wiping it from the records. That's the end of that lore bit. What is this black goo? Like... Is is this darkness stuff? Is this Siva? Well, so the the description we have of this item that he's after is uh, oil likeness of eight moons over a village. That's the only descriptor oil we have. Oil likeness of so like an oil painting. It is coming from an art exhibit, so what that the would fuck make is sense. It? But then, but then he describes it as like a moving. Like, is this like? Is this oil alive? No, it can't be. It, it's got to no. So I, I think that's silly. I think when they say moving art exhibit, what they're they're referring to is like an exhibit that traveled across different museums. Oh, uh, like a, a okay, traveling okay, exhibit. Okay, okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. 
I gotcha. Okay. I was thinking like the, like the <laughs> items in it moved. Like the items in yeah, it had like yeah, yeah. moving stuff in it like they would re like almost like a like a like a shifting picture like if you step to the left the whole thing would shift and it'd be a totally different picture. I was thinking this stuff was like shifting and like creating different pictures. Okay. Okay. I'm following now. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> On the same page. Got it. Okay. So Spider wants this painting thing. Spider well, wants I this guess, painting uh, thing. So here's 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 a thought on this painting thing. Like, either, I I I well, I guess I have kind of two thoughts on it. One is like he sees some type of genuine value in it. Like, oh, this is a very this is a piece. This is a piece by Monet. I gotta have it. Like, or like the other half of it is like, is is this picture something that like depicts an area of the soul system or something? that possibly has like some like hidden message in it or like, Hey, they drew this picture and there's, there's a, there's a thing in the picture. There's something drawn in the picture that nobody else has recognized as being important, but spiders like, I know where that is and there might be something at those coordinates. So I'm going to go to that location and see if that thing really is in the picture type thing. Those, those are my two thoughts on it are, 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 Either either it is like a like a very valuable painting, or there's something in this picture that he sees that or that he has seen, and like I I need to go to this location and find the stuff there. Yeah, well we're gonna find out. Okay, but the picture is not alive or moving. Picture is not alive or moving. No, (laughs) (laughs) I I feel silly thinking thinking of it that way, but I like. No, I can see (laughs) it at the same time. Like it's not like out of possibility, right? Like that's a that could that could have been a thing. Okay, so we're going to finish off this this story on the uh, from the card on the Scatterhorn uh, class item, and that one goes like this: How's body grows cold by the time Spider can tear his eyes away from the painting. Beautiful, truly beautiful, and achieved without a traveler or any of its nonsense. He waves to Ara with a lower arm while holding the painting with the other three. Clear the room. Ara bows and exits, dragging Howe's body with him, and the doors slam closed. Spider pushes himself to his feet and turns to face his throne. He sings Moli Hau, an ancient song of earth. As he finishes the first verse, his throne dematerializes to reveal a stone stairway leading down. Spider descends. The chamber below is cool and dry. Shelves line the walls. This displaced case contains crowns made of gold and silver, antler bone and velvet. The next is filled with red clay pottery adorned with monsters and heroes. Spider passes a case filled with beautifully illuminated books and scrolls, and he reaches a wall covered with paintings. In a gap between a painting of a bovine skull over a double waterfall and a portrait of a human with a coy smile, he places his prize, the starry night. And that's the end of that lore reading. God, God damn it. Now I do feel dumb. <laughs> he did all of that for the original Starry Night. I mean, I get, I get it, right? Like, at, at on the one hand, like 
like I get it. Like it's that's it's it's funny to me to think of like and again, you know where my mind goes with stuff like this to think of like World War Two and the way that the Nazis were like hoarding all the art of Europe. And and when the allies came and like were going through caves and they were just finding I mean, there's still hundreds, if not thousands, possibly millions of art from pre-World War II that's just missing, that's just disappeared, that, you know, some random guy picked up and was like, I'm going to hide this, and it's hiding in some dude's attic in some random village in Austria or something. But, like, that's that's what this that's what this says to me. Like, the spider is very much this man in power, and I don't know if it's... I, I, I try to figure out what it is. Like, does does a person in power see these things as like a a such a valuable thing that they want to preserve it? They want it to be untouched, or do they see it as such a valuable thing that they're like, "This is mine. I need to hold on to this as long as I can to hold as much value as I can." Because if I own this thing, then I'm valuable and I'm needed and and whatnot. And like I'm the only one that knows the location of this thing now. So now that's what keeps me alive. That's a survival thing now. Like it's. It's it's really interesting to me, but like, I mean, the the fact that Starry Night is now just chilling in Spider's uh, hidden vault, it's like, well, shit, okay. There, what else is down there, right? Like kings and or crowns of kings and old clay pottery. Like, I mean, this this is this is all just priceless stuff now. Like, this is, yeah. So. I see this as maybe informing us of a couple of things. Um, it could certainly be this kind of that mentality of like, I am in power. And so I want to surround myself with, you know, culturally powerful objects. Oh yeah. But that doesn't exactly track with spider because he's not of the human <laughs> culture. Yeah, that's true. But he's he's he has so many humanisms in him. What happened on that rock? <laughs> what happened on that rock that he was marooned on that turned him into this? Because I don't think he was that way before, right? Like I don't think, uh, like during his whole time as as a crew as a pirate crew under Mithrax's mom and and under Mithrax, I don't think he 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 had any of this humanisms in him. But then, like after after his time of being marooned on this rock, he comes out the other side of it. I mean, very different. I mean, I, isolation can do that to a person. But like, I mean, the it's it's such an odd, it's such an odd thing for an elixni to to have that level of humanisms. You know, like it's just it's just weird. It it is, and I I think maybe so. Yeah, we we don't really get much description of Rackus pre Spider at all. Like we we know what yeah. happened to him, but we don't really ever have a description of how he what he acted like, what his personality was. Um, but I I don't think he probably had that personality well amongst the the House of Wolves. Um, no, no. But I I attribute this as maybe a couple of things. Um, I could see this as a fascination that the same way that, you know, people nowadays collect, uh, like, you know, we'll, we'll collect 
relics from World War II or will oh, collect sure. relics from, you know, various bygone ages that they just, they're fascinated with that period of history or that culture could be the same yeah. thing. Fighter Spider is fascinated with humanity and humanity's past. Because he does call out the whole, like, this was created before the Traveler. Like, he, he very much wants that stuff that's, like, pre-Golden Age. Right. That's what that's what this entire vault seems like is it's all stuff that's that humanity had created before it ever even saw the light. So I'm curious if it's like, well, if this is what humanity did before the light, maybe the elixir can return to something like this. And I think that might be part of it. I think Spider has never outwardly been like you know, very anti-traveler, but he's also never been very pro-traveler in any of the discussions sure. we've heard. And I, I wonder if on some deep level, this is Spider going, you know, this is, this is what this race did. This is the culture this race had before the Traveler. They created these works of art before the Traveler. And maybe he, even though he can't go back to Reese and, you know, maybe there are no ruins, no relics to pull from Reese. He's kind of seeing it as a like, this is what can be accomplished even without the light. This is, we can yeah. still have something. We can still have creativity and culture without it. Cause, uh, cause the, the, the house that was of art and, and you know, me and names, I, I'm horrible with them. Um, was that house, was it rain? Uh, let me look here. Make me go back now. Um, I know. I'm sorry. That's yeah, okay. I, that's 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 on me. <laughs> I suck with names. So, <laughs> no, no, it was. I have to remember something. <laughs> it was the House of Gentle Weavers. It was the House of Wolves before they became that's the House right. of Wolves. That's right. That's right. So that's so. I mean, I presumably there's none of their art or anything left. And it's it's even interesting to me too, like how he gets into his vault. He sings an old human song. Yeah, his password is a human song. Yeah. Like it's it's I don't know. It's it I I like I like that theory though. I like the idea of like it's he sees this thing of like hey, this was pre-light. This was before the light. Like we know how powerful humanity is with the light, but look at how culturally powerful humanity was. Maybe oh, now here's a question. Okay, I'm just now putting two and two together. Okay. Mit, uh, not Mithrax, uh, Rackus, Spider, mm -hmm. was given, and I put that in quotation marks, to Mithrax's mom. Yes. Uh, by Aramis. Uh, what house was Aramis? So Aramis was the house of dancers, which became the house of devils. And they were okay. the um, technologically savvy, you know, known to be technologically savvy, but were also known to be the most uh, generous and charitable of houses during their golden age. God, that is like, there's things are starting to click. You see what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. if that's the original house that Mithrax was from. Like that shows like his quote unquote generosity. I put that in quotation marks too because that's that spider was from, <laughs> not Mithrax. Right, right. Yeah, spider, yeah. spider, spider. Um, but I mean, 
Spider's generosity <laughs> is, <laughs> is questionable at best. Uh, but yeah, so it like maybe and and then now Mithrax's house was um his was the Weavers, right? Yeah, Mithrax his was mom born was of the to Weavers. The Weavers. So so to have a very young um a very young Rackus go from one house to another, be like kind of shoved into this other house, albeit during the pirate crew times to see that level of, of, Hey, this was art there. Maybe he saw stuff. Maybe he had some interactions with Mithrax or, or, or some of the other crew members of that uh, pirate crew that would, that told stories of the house of weavers or had relics of the house of weavers to show art. And it fascinated spider at that point and then he was just like wow this is what we had as 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 a race as like this this was our culture you know and so now seeing him this much further in the future looking for things that are of similar style or similar value cultural value among the um among humanity to have that in his personal collection, it's it's almost like a reminder of like, hey, we used to be like this. We used to have a house that an entire house that was devoted to song and and art and and festivals and 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 culture. Maybe maybe that's what he's seeing in this. Like that's just there, there's a lot of things that are starting to like mm-hmm. click together now. Like it, it informs a little bit of I think Spider's personality. I think I think he has. You know, yes, he is very much the the mobster, but I think he has also a, an appreciation for uh for cultures, you know, and wanting to see cultural uh you know items of cultural significance be protected. Uh, yeah, you know, and and I don't know, it, it's it, it's just an interesting little peek into his his uh, personality or an aspect of his personality. I love it. I love it. It 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 informs so much more than like than than I had originally thought of Spider. I've yeah. I've always thought of Spider as just like this this guy just like where can I find my opportunities? And it's it's it, but it, it, <laughs> I'm starting to love the Elixni people more and more and more the further we dive through their history <laughs> and find these little readings because it's like I I've always thought like it, from day one, from the very second you are rezzed in Destiny, you start fighting Fallen. You start killing Fallen. And so right off the bat, the first thing that you're introduced to is this alien race, and you're told to kill it. And it's it's very – it's and again, this is, this is like this like subconscious thing, right? Like it's very dehumanizing to see that. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, this is just a thing trying to stop you f- from getting to your objective. Get it out of the way. And then to go through these readings and to find there is so much more to the Elixni people as a whole, and now to see them as fallen, it's 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 sad. It's it's, <laughs> it's I'm gonna cry. Uh, it's very emotional to see the fall of this pe- of this people to what they are at this state now. And and again, they've they've come they've bounced back a little bit. I feel like yeah. in in more recent um seasons and 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 stories throughout destiny but like to see that they they were a culturally advanced people they were very 
technologically advanced. They were, I mean, they were they they're so much more the Elixni than just hey, these guys are trying to stop you from getting your jump ship. Go kill them. Yeah, so that's going to uh, kind of round off our uh, times on Titan with the Elixni. Uh, we also ran into them on Nessus. Uh, similarly to how they followed Zavala to Titan, they followed Cade to Nessus and made the discovery of the remains of the Exodus black ship and the still functional AI failsafe. I. I fucking love failsafe. Fail, <laughs> failsafe, and I miss Asher so much. I I want Asher Mir to come back. Those two are probably some of my favorite, like just random NPCs. So, as you might imagine, a golden age ship and a golden age AI are of a lot of interest to the elixir extreme value. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they uh, make every attempt they can to scavenge the wreck of the Exodus black for parts, um, often being held off either by us, the player guardian or by Vex, uh, who see the Elixir as encroaching on their territory. And yep. uh, we have a few, you know, strikes and such that we are assisting failsafe with clearing out, um, you know, fallen that are attempting to, take over subsystems or, you know, remove important parts and those kinds of things. Uh, you know, the, the Exodus. I can feel them crawling around in my brain. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, I, the Exodus I strike. Failsafe. I love failsafe. The, um, so yeah, we, we have the, the Exodus strike. And then uh, additionally, there's a story mission that is actually really interesting um, that happens on Nessus that failsafe is kind of sympathizing a little bit with the with the elixni uh or at least feeling sorry for them so we have a uh, a story mission where under failsafe's direction we go to a vex um kind of cave network that the the vex control uh because she has requested that we free a series of elixni prisoners that the vex have oh. uh, essentially caged up in in these different areas and as you go through the cave network um you know you you free them you you click you know uh bring down the the kind of vex fences that are engaging these different groups throughout this cave system um and unfortunately they immediately are hostile towards you and try to kill you. So you, you have to kind of kill them back. Uh, it's, it's not like, it's not like enemy of my enemy where like you free them as you're going through and they're just like, Oh, thanks. And run off. Like they turn yeah. around like, Oh shit, a human kill it. <laughs> yeah. And, and Phil safe has a very somber line along the long lines of it's like, well, you know, at least they're free in death still. Uh, <laughs> Just like okay, <laughs> God damn it, failsafe! Like why? Why are you so? She she's so. I I I love failsafe. She's so blunt, but it's because she's an AI. Like she does, but she still has personality, right? Like she has her two sides that are kind of fighting each other the whole time. Not fighting each other, but definitely showing two types of emotions yeah one is this very joyous like hey let's go help the captain and the other one's like i guess 
because it sucks down here because it's dark and brooding and depressing. This place sucks. Like those are the two emotions <laughs> she has, and it's, the the banter between herself is uh, is just ridiculous. I love it. So the the bit that we um a bit that we learned during this mission though, uh, as we're we're freeing these uh, elixirs, failsafe has accessed the vet, vex network uh, to a degree to know that they were there, that the elixir were there, and what the vex had intended for them, and she says that the vex were uh, intending to use this as an opportunity to further study the elixir and their battle patterns and try and you know, better hone their simulations to counter the elixir. And Makes sense. in order to do that, the Vex made the offer to the elixir prisoners of, well, if you fight each other, we'll let whoever survives go. That's that's a lie on the Vex. You it is know absolutely the Vex a lie on the Vex's part. Th- that's a complete level of bullshit fed to him from the Vex. <laughs> like, there's no way the Vex are going to be like, "Hey, you two, fight to the death. Whoever lives, will let live." As soon as the fu- as soon as the one lives, he's going to be like, "All right, thanks." Boop, and kill them. Like that's yeah. <laughs> you lived one second thanks. longer. Boom. Uh, thanks for the data. Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's all anything is to the Vex is data. Like everything is just data for simulation. But Failsafe finds that the only reason the Vex had not just eliminated these prisoners at this point is because the Vex were confused. Because when they made this offer to the Elixir prisoners, all of the prisoners unanimously refused to fight each other. Oh, that's that's like a conundrum. That's like one of those like divide by zero, and the Vex are like error, can't do. Like that's yeah. The Vex have a very yeah. hard time trying to understand a a a thing not doing what is most uh, optimal for its own survival. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you have a logic driven being like it if something illogical happens in front of it it doesn't know how to compute it no so it was it was an interesting moment to see uh that these elixir that are that are all under house dusk now but came from varying houses most of which had rivals or rivalries with each other at least on some level have come together in such a way under house dusk that not a single one was was willing to try and put themselves above the life of another and like that that's just just, kind of that says that says so much to the unifying force of house dusk right like it's it's all of these rivalries all of these different um houses trying to vie for the the best house or or the 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 head of all houses or the kell of kells and and to finally come to this point of true unity where even as even as prisoners and and you're right these prisoners like one guy could have been from house of rain and the other one could have been from house weavers or something like that like or, or house devils and house dusk or whatever like all of them under a single house them saying with each other just like no it's not worth it like even one elixir life lost is not worth anything it's it's not it's there, there's nothing above losing an elixir life like that's that's yeah yeah 
or I guess there's nothing worse than losing in a league's life. Cause just, I, and, and it could, it could, it could just be a numbers game. I, I like to think that it's not, I like to think that it, it truly is like an emotional thing. Like they truly are feeling like they are a united people now under this single house and, and, and not necessarily thriving, but not like killing each other off nonstop for right. hundreds of thousands of years. They, they are no longer each other's worst enemies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so that kind of is the conclusion of our interactions with them during the Destiny 2 uh, original campaign. Um, and mo- most of like Destiny 2 year one, essentially, uh, it yeah. is you know, mostly just our interactions with House of Dusk across these various planets and some of those side missions and a few strikes here and there. Um, during this time, at some point, uh, Mithrax has also left House of Dusk and it has, has left, uh, and joined up with somewhat unlikely allies. And that is Guardians. Um, this is well before we ever knew Mithrax, uh, and well before he had any interactions with us, uh, in like later missions down the road but i i was not able to find any reference of how he met these guardians or or the history between you know essentially his fire team but uh he you know is is with this these uh set of guardians and makes a pilgrimage with them uh and we see that in uh starting in the uh, lore card for the exotic shotgun Lord of Wolves. Uh, and that lore card goes like this. Why did they call themselves wolves? The hunter asks. You guys don't have any wolves on your home world, do you? Nama, the captain replies. He is perched on a rusted out skiff. He scans the horizon, trying to remember the way to the crypt. So why then? Most people haven't even seen one. Yeah, the warlock chimes in. I'd never even heard of a wolf till I went to the Iron Temple. The captain cocks his head in a way that makes him look like a very squat, hulking owl. Why Elixni except name Fallen? Why wolves except name Wolves? Why Misrax is now... He grimaces as he mimes their accents, showing his serrated teeth. Mifrax. He rises as one fluid motion and stands at his full height. Why speak guardian way instead, Elixni? Docked things do not word themselves. He hops down, brushing past the hunter and the warlock with the rippling strength of a hunting tiger. House of Wolves. They have been Mirascalasen, gentle weavers. Come, I know the way now. That's the end of that lore card. I I I still think back to to the to the thought of like Mithrax wasn't anything except until that one mission. Yeah. Right. And now like everything surrounding Mithrax, like the entire history of Mithrax being told through all these lore cards. And then of course, as soon as he says Nama, the first thing that came to my thought, my, the first thing that came to my head was Shiraido 
going Nama and then pointing two fingers to her chest <laughs> and Mithrax going, you said what now? <laughs> <laughs> so for Mithrax to, to answer back Nama, like in Elixney, no, it's, but, but then like he's, it's, he's so philosophical here, right? Like he's so, you know, why, why are Elixney called falling? Why are wolves called wolves? A doc thing doesn't care what it's called. Like it's, it doesn't have a choice. It's just a thing. Like it's, it, it's so. He, it's man. I, I, I wish, I wish we did have more info on how he left Dusk, because like, so, so, and again, and again, I'm going to try to play through this kind of fast in my in my head. Mithrax is part of House Weavers. Yes. Uh, he is then. Obviously, the whirlwind happens. He is part of the pirate crew with his mother, who discovers Nezeract, um, chops Nezeract up. Uh, they take their power and run it all over the system. Um, then he's captured at some point uh, by the Awoken, presumably during the Reef Wars or or during. Um, yeah, it's during uh, the Reef Wars or, or during the Reef Wars. Yeah, because he was captured battle. by Sheer, and Sheer yep. died near the end of the Reef Wars. Yep. So during during Reef Wars, captured and is basically being kind of like led around the reef with with she, by Sheer and and the Awoken and and all this. Eventually comes back to to now just no because he doesn't come back to Devils. He just comes back. He just to comes dusk. back to dusk. I'm assuming uh, he was probably on his own with, with Ido because he had Ido throughout all this yeah. time. Um, he was probably on his own after the Taken War, you know, with the death yep. of Shir Ido and then the decimation of the Awoken peoples. They were I doubt the he had where they're like, we don't even care. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's my thought. Is like the the Taken War happens, and the then the Awoken people are like, we don't give a shit about anything other than ourselves right now because we are decimated. Like, who cares if this if this random captain disappears or runs off or whatever? So joins back, join, you know, rejoins with House Dusk, falls underneath House Dusk, and is now, for whatever reason, left House Dusk. And is traveling with these guardians wherever to to this this he said tomb in this entry uh, or crypt crypt way to crypt. the crypt yeah um so that like it, it's to to follow to follow all of that and to think of Mithrax of like to think of like how his mom treated him right like his mom was very much like you know she stabbed a knife in his side and was like teach them a lesson. And and so this very brutal, this very like blunt, like point blank, like survive or you know like you need you need to teach these guys a lesson of of they don't steal from their portions, they don't steal from their captain. Da, 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 to now this like and and again with Mithrax having as much interaction as he did with the Awoken during his time as a as a captive there. Uh, obviously picked up on a lot of things like the Awoken were clearly interacting with Guardians, so he was interacting with Guardians. So maybe, maybe he started to see this light stuff as, as like, hey, the Guardian. Like they obviously they, all the Elixir and the Fallen knew that the Guardians existed, and the Travelers there, and the light was with the Guardians and all that stuff. But having been um, around, no, because he wasn't around during the the Golden Age, was he? Just his mom was. 
Because he was born. Right, he was born during the, the long drift. During the long drift, yeah. So maybe maybe something in him somewhere at some point changed av- having all these interactions with Awoken and with Guardians and stuff to where he's like, hey, maybe maybe there's a better life. Maybe there's a better way than just this or or you know, maybe having having Aldrin brought over as the as the Kel now. Maybe maybe Mithrax looks at that as like a I don't like this. I don't like where this is going. I need to I need to forge my own path for my own people and I need to help the guardians to do so. So that's that's what I'm trying to think of like why would Mithrax give up House du- like after having been through all of that and then just give up House Dusk to follow well not necessarily follow but to to be part of this little three-man fire team of a of a hunter, a warlock and himself. Um is just it's it's kind of kind of mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's probably a lot leading up to um like his time with Sheer and understanding that not all non-Elixni races are like you know evil. Um, yeah. That you know there's there there is common ground to be found. I uh, and I I would like to think that um especially knowing that he he has Ido he has his daughter throughout all of this like so he had oh, Ido right. back home when we saw him on titan and i think that right. i think that interaction on titan like that was kind of a, a, a near-death experience for him like like any, an eye-opener like hey this guardian let me live right maybe they're not as holy shit that that mission is so impactful like Holy shit. Cause that that was a moment where ninety nine point nine percent of the time a guardian meets an Elixney. Elixney is dead before they know what happened. And yeah. now Mithrax has come face to face with a guardian that has broken that idea, has broken that mold, saved him, and then allowed yeah. him to leave to go back home to his daughter. I uh, holy shit. And and maybe that was that was the thing that made him go, you know what? They're there's that's a better the way moment. that mission is so god that's that's the one thing that genuinely upsets me about the the whole idea of of the the vaulting of of or or um sunsetting of of things throughout destiny i i understand the whole like this is a huge game and file size is a is a big deal but like losing access to things like those missions um and and old strikes and old areas that that are still so impactful on the story today it's it's that that's that's a sad thing to me but yeah to think of that one mission of like that guardian saved him that guardian spared him and not, not just spared him but helped him saved him and and he and he was gracious for it and bows out and transmats out to to go home to see his daughter because i completely forgot he finds his his daughter during like with his time with shirado right yeah during the the reef war like i mean so like since the reef war he's had oh my gosh god okay i'm gonna cry again jesus (laughs) uh yeah that that is that's mind-blowing how impactful some of these these little interactions are uh between just two entities just a you know a, a a captain a fallen captain and a dude trying to f- take out some hive and free up 
free up the resources to to get you know the archaeology running again like that's it's such a mundane mission but so impactful yeah it turned into such a incredible start to a character uh yeah so we um we can see some of his uh further interactions with this fire team uh, on the queen breaker exotic uh weapon and uh that one reads like this three cloaked figures trek through a cave on a windswept asteroid as they walk they joke they tell stories they are a fire team after Cybel, the warlock says the wolves bowed some became the queen's bodyguards then Skolas, whoa, 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 how, why, the hunter frowns, why trust your enemies with your life, a pause, uh, no offense, buddy, the captain shrugs, none taken, yeah, strange to do, but elixni, we ben breathe always love for honor, new promise not unmake in old, Wolves would have been follow Marakel forever if Skolas does not appear again. The passage widens, and they find a hidden door veneered with amethyst. The captain lays a hand on it and bows his head. The hunter and the warlock fall back respectfully. After a time, the warlock ventures. Mithrax. The captain turns. Wolves rebel, now wolves extinct. This where live mine things, scatter must end. I will kill the mind open, Elixni. No spider tricks, no loyal lies. Varisis, truths. We fight for great machine, together. And that's the end of that card. God, that's such it's such a rallying oh, i'm gonna cry <laughs> oh my god oh god i'm gonna cry okay no no okay <laughs> uh god it's it's such like i i love the broken english there right like it, there's something about that where like mithrax is he's trying he's he's truly trying and for them for for them to to oh my god i'm gonna cry uh to to you know we fight for great machine like the 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 elixir that are open minded they'll follow me they'll understand they will truly see that you know spiders bullshit isn't anything it's just a it's bullshit that's all it is the whole idea of house dusk like no that's that's not the way that we need to follow like we need i i will become my own kel of my own house and i will make my own house and God, I'm going to cry. Okay. <laughs> it it is a a cool thing to point out like you said he's he's speaking in broken English uh or whatever the the common equivalent is for for destiny. Right. Um and to think that when he started with Sheer Ido as a vandal, mind you, not as a yeah. captain at the time. Uh he only spoke to her in Elixni. Like she yep. she was the only one that we at least saw speak to him. And it was all in uh, Elixni. And now he has, of his own volition, uh, be it out of you know 
necessity or want has taught himself how to communicate with, you know, with other people, with, with people outside of just the Elixni language. Um, and, and presumably this, uh, windswept asteroid that they have, they have landed on, uh, and this amethyst veneered door, um, is the the tomb the crypt of sheer Ido? Uh, that's that's what I think of it as. Because they that's... they describe having found Sheer's body back in our when we talked about it in our Awoken series and in our our Sheer um, series. No, no, no. Her body was missing, wasn't it? No, they they say that they found the strange coin on her body. Okay, so, gotcha. For some reason, I was remembering it as like they had just found a strange coin and her body had been lost. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it was that they they had found her body with the coin on it. Um, right. And it feels odd to make a crypt that's empty, especially a hidden right. one. So I that's true. My my interpretation is that um, Mara had a crypt made for her body to be interred, and it's hidden. So I think the expectation that Mara had was that if Sheer were to ever come back, if she were ever to, you know, her soul be returned from wherever it's lost, that she would be coming back to a body that is, uh, you know, safe, that, that no sure. one is going to have found um, or, or done anything with. So uh, it, it's a little unclear, but that's kind of the only crypt I can imagine Mithrax making a pilgrimage to. And if Absolutely. it's veneered in amethyst, that is very much an awoken. That's so thing. awoken. Like that's the, that's the whole dreaming city. That's everything. Like yeah. the whole, like the whole reason why they did that in the dreaming city was because the Amkara um, have a rough time interpreting reflections of people versus people. And so a reflection can't, make doesn't have there's nothing to a reflection it's just rays of light bouncing off a thing but to the ahamkara it tries to interpret it and it and for whatever reason that's what helps prevent them from making wanton wishes left and right and the wish dragon just going crazy with it and so amethyst was very much that's very much part of the awoken people now and it's it's kind of like to and like you said to have this amethyst door it, like it and God, it's it's so damn it, I'm gonna cry again. Uh Mithrax standing in front of this door. I I think of this as like the point where like Mithrax is like he's like making a promise to himself, right? Like oh, yeah. I will lead my people. I I will make it better. There is a better way. Like I've seen it now. I've seen awoken, you know, my captor who I now revere not maybe not revere. I don't I don't know what like hold to a very high high place in my life yeah. like to to ha to come back to this crypt and 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 make that promise there to have been to have come across guardians that have spared his life and just been like hey i'm just going to help you take out this knight you do you bro and he's like ah sweet i can go home and see my kid and and live and continue to exist bye and just peace out like there's so much about it. And then for him to make that promise of like, I, I will be the Kel. I will be the Kel of this new people. Um, I, I, I will lead the, the Elixni that want a better life, that don't want to be part of 
spider's bullshit or part of this house dusk of like scrapping and scrounging for any little piece that they can get and we will be a thriving people again i will fight for the great machine i i like oh my god i'm gonna cry again damn it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so this is the official this i I don't want to say this is official but it feels like the official formation of a new house yeah, this is uh, even if it's only a one man house at this point. That's it, true. It is hey, the Varrick's <laughs> is a one man house, and that shit's still going. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is the creation of the House of Light in in this moment. Yep. God, it's so so good, so wholesome. Ah, I'm gonna cry. Okay. Well, while all that is going on, I uh, there are some more nefarious works at play within the Elixni people as well. Um, and this is in the, the form of a group of Elixni, uh, still at this point living Elixni, called the Scorn Barons. And I want to preface a little bit, because we associate Scorn with the race Scorn, which are undead Elixni raised with dark ether. Well, before the Scorn were a thing, uh, there was this group known as the Scorn Barons, and this is where the Scorn race gets their name from. And these are these are barons in the sense of like the hierarchy of of a house, like like a, like an archon or or whatever. They are the barons of whatever. Right, and they are kind of they they have labeled themselves barons they're they're more a um pirate crew than anything that just called themselves barons uh okay then but uh this actually comes to us from not in-game lore but a game informer article that was written about destiny 2 forsaken prior to its release uh and in that article they have some information that came from the writers at Bungie uh, that is not in game anywhere, as far as I can tell. Um, Interesting. Some of, some of this information uh, and some of the scenes that are talked about can be seen in the um, the Destiny Two Cade comic book that uh, they released a series of comics prior to Forsaken's release, uh, and this was one of them was Cade kind of leading a group to uh, deal with these scorned barons. Uh, But so the information from that article states, the barons were once a hodgepodge of lowly dregs cast out from the upstart house of exile, forsaken and scorned by their own elixir comrades and with no one to depend on but each other. They didn't just survive, they thrived through ingenuity, ruthlessness, and teamwork. They raided their fallen brethren's encampments, stealing ether and growing ever stronger. They pillaged and terrorized awoken outposts throughout the post-taken war reef. Like the cowboys of Tombstone, they became the scourge of the reef, overpowering other gangs of fallen pirates and scavengers, and rendering the once-flourishing homeland of the Awoken further into a lawless frontier. 
Following the Red War, the notorious Cade Six and a small elite posse of his most trusted guardians assisted Regent Commander Petrovenge in cleaning up the reef from the pirating of the scorned barons. At a standoff as legendary as the gunfight at O.K. Corral, the scorned barons were defeated. Most were killed, but seven of the original eight were captured and tossed into the deepest and darkest cells of the prison of elders. At the time, with no corpse found, no one knew what became of the heretical warrior priest known as the fanatic. Do this. <laughs> okay. Okay. I gotta calm down because now I'm I'm super emotional this episode because now I'm super giddy, right? Like. <laughs> okay. So they're, they're okay. So these barons, these scorned barons, okay, uh, they and and yell at me if I'm jumping ahead. They eventually become the scorned barons. The, mm-hmm. the parents that we hunt down during Forsaken, right? Yep, that is, this is the story of, of where those people came from, where those Elixni came from, and why they had such a vendetta against Cade in Forsaken. Uh, it was because they were the pirate rulers of the Reef for a yeah. good period of time. Um, yeah. Now here's, okay, now without looking them up, can you name the seven? No. <laughs> uh, let's see. I know the machinist. I know uh, the fanatic. The rider. The yeah. The the sniper. Sniper. I think it was the, the rifleman. I think it was the rifleman. The rifleman. Uh, the mind bender. Mind bender. Was there? That's a, where the shotgun came from. Was there a bomber? I remember a. Yep. The trickster. Tri- trickster. Yep. 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 Uh, and then the hangman. Yep, Hangman. We're up to six. Who's the seventh? Oh, no. <laughs> and then Fickrel, the fanatic, that's the eighth. We're yeah. missing one. Oh, God. Oh. Okay. Can't name them all. Well, regardless, and say these these kind of bosses of the Forsaken campaign, this is where they started. They started as dregs that were exiled from Lonely their various dregs. houses. And from, now, specifically from house exile, right? Uh, yes, true. Is uh, cast out from the House of Exile. So this group of dregs that was cast out for whatever reason, um, and they they kind of decided, well, fuck you too. Then we're just gonna yeah. steal your stuff. <laughs> and they were good at it. We we can we can do this too. <laughs> yeah, they they pillaged their you know other Elixni encampments for supplies and grew into uh, you know. Uh, captain slash Kel size by the time we see them at least. Yeah. And they become enough of a problem that Petra has to call in a favor with Cade and a a fire team. Um, And that's the bit you see in that comic book is, is Cade kind of gathering the fire team and then having that showdown with the, with the barons. Uh, And like you were saying, all of that happens like, what maybe week a week or two before maybe a month before forsaken launches but all, like that, all, all of, of it, that. Uh, it it released to us about a month before forsaken um in the timeline it takes place somewhere between the end of the red war and the beginning of forsaken uh, okay. It, there, okay there isn't any direct like it was exactly I was, this i long. was always under the assumption of like it happened and then like a month later 
Forsaken comes out and the and the events of Forsaken happen, which of course we're going to talk about. Yes, uh, I I don't I don't know. They don't give us enough info to really know exactly. Um, I think maybe a couple months, certainly not years by any means. Sure. Uh, well, because like like what we were saying before, like a year in our time that passes, like from from yeah uh, uh, Beyond Light to Witch Queen, that's a year that passed in game. Like that—that's a year that passed for us. That is also a year that passed in game. Like we are—we are playing the game at the same pace that the game is happening. Yeah, yeah. I guess is a good way to put. That's that's kind of hard to <laughs> word, but that's 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 what it is. Like yeah. we like we we in real time are are playing the game in real time. Like it's all it's all happening at that pace. So they say here, and in the the comic as well. Um, they captured seven of the of the original eight of these these barons and tossed them in the deepest darkest pits of the prison of elders. But number eight, the fanatic, uh, no one knew what happened to him. You know, they disappeared in in but, this in the but gunfight. But we do. But we do. Uh, and we can see that this is something we've read before uh, as part of the Awoken series, but it's relevant here too. So we're going to do a rereading of. The Fanatic, Part 2, from the lore book The Forsaken Prince. And now remember, this is at a time where Aldrin is leading House of Dusk uh, alongside the previous leadership of the House of Kings uh, when he come and, and he's 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 having the you know the mental breaks he he thinks he keeps hearing mara he keeps seeing mara she's guiding him to to do these things so that he can you know quote unquote save her free uh, free me yeah free me so yeah. <laughs> it is in one of these uh similar kind of uh hallucinations that he is led to find the fanatic uh, and this lore card goes like this Just a whisper, just a brush of reassurance, just a quaver. Aldrin, my rescuer. He follows the voice. The violence of his thruster burns, bruises his body. Down from the tumbling corvette to the harnessed asteroid belt below, where shattered servitors and the wreckage of shanks mark the site of a losing battle. Guardians ambushing a fallen party. His suit's chemoceptors detect a trace of ether, and he follows it in. And there it is. A fallen archon, crumpled in the dust. Ether hisses through entry and exit wounds, cauterized by brutal solar flames. The mark of a golden gun. Aldrin hisses in disgust as he traces Guardian's footprints in the dust. They must have sprinted off together in a rush, no doubt to farm some other site where skiffs were coming down with mining parties. He triages the Archon's wounds. Mortal. The victim is shaking now, trembling under Aldrin's hands. He wants so badly to do something, anything, to ease the poor soldier's passing. To have the power some say his sister had. To save just by proximity. Does he wish it? Does he wish to save this poor thing? He does. He does. 
His eyes burn with sympathetic tears as he works to bind the archon's wounds. His hands are quick and gentle, and he weeps with the strength of his hatred for the guardians that did this. As tears stain the archon's wounds, the ether rolling through Aldrin's fingers slowly grows heavier, darker, more noxious. He does not notice. Finally, he leans back to smear his knuckles across his eyes, sore. They're always so sore. Under the unmarked helmet, four dead eyes open in wonder. The archon croaks a word, a broken leftover of a dying hallucination, calling out to whoever he wanted to see welcoming him into the afterlife. Dad? And that's the end of that card. Father, it's it's oh, <laughs> I love that scene. I love that scene so much. So that's the that's the creation of Dark Ether and the first Scorn race. Yes, uh, Scorn of a race, um, being Fickrel the fanatic, um, who was an Archon. Uh, and remember the Archons; they are the they're like the they're the. the <sighs> They're the priests. They're yeah. the they're the religious. But they're leaders. also technological. Yeah, but they're also technologically advanced. Like they're the servitor workers. Like yes. they're the ones that build and, and service the servitors. So like there's there's a um it it's of all the of all the barons and I put that in quotations to find to find the archon amongst them all is kind of kind of a big deal and super fortuitous for um uh the barons themselves to not basically not lose this guy but i mean to not lose him but then to lose him like it's <laughs> right you know? yeah. um but then uh to then be raised as a undead undead elixni now a scorn um so yeah all because of uh Aldrin and the corruption that was happening from a taken riven that had corrupted Aldrin to the point of like thinking he's seeing visions of his sister um to then be poured into uh, and that whole like does he wish it like that's that's wish magic that's yep. that's what it is that's yeah. riven. does he want it does it that's riven that's yeah so yeah so that's that's uh yeah so that's that's fickrel that is that's the fanatic that is fickrel the fanatic who escaped the original kind of shootout, although with mortal wounds or, or was maybe wounded afterwards. Um, his, he was discovered by Aldrin and resurrected through the creation of dark ether via Riven's wish magic. Uh, and while the, while the other ones were in prison. Yes. The others in were the, in, prison. in the prison of elder. Yep. And, uh, we get a little bit of information about Fickrel and, you know, Fickrel essentially joins the crew, joins Aldrin as a second in command for the house of dusk. Uh, and because presumably he still has all of his knowledge and stuff as a, as an archon. So like that's mm-hmm. super valuable for the house of dusk. Yeah. Nothing to indicate otherwise. Like it, it seems he came back as he left essentially with, with, you know, yeah. those those memories and such um so we see uh, in the fickrel lore card also in the forsaken prince book uh, a continuation of this and this one goes like this the archon he saved is named fickrel 
and he worships Aldrin like a father and a god. Aldrin understands, now, what brought them together. They each see a future for their broken people, a future that cannot be obtained by looking back. Fickrell tells Aldrin how the fallen have been crippled by their dependence on machines, how they have clung to tradition instead of hurling themselves into the abyss, seeking rebirth through extinction into a new species. I feel the same, Aldrin tells Fickrell, whittling a tiny model galliot from an ingot of steel. We say we exist on the thin line between light and dark, Fickrell, but my people have always been easily led astray. What future do you see for the Awoken? Fickrell asks him. What future? After he finds and saves Mara, he realizes he doesn't care. He spent so many centuries stalking the perimeter of Awoken society, fighting off challengers, spying, sneaking, doing Mara's dirty work. Nothing has value except in its relation to Mara's plots. Not even himself. Does he wish for Awoken extinction? Is that what he truly wishes? We have work to do, he tells Fickrell. The House of Kings has become inconvenient to my plans. I wish to, he wags his knife, divest. Fickrell looks up sharply from his own knives. Dark ether seethes like mist around his face. Is it time? We show them the future now? And that's the end of that lore card. Yeah, that's... So, Ugh. an interesting philosophy here. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, we're not gonna dig too deep into Aldrin's side of things, because again, we did that in our Awoken series. Um, yep. Hashtag go check out our Awoken series. Yes. Uh, but for Fickrell, <laughs> so this is, Fickrell is another example now of what what he sees as a future for the elixir and his I, I like that his future his idea uh is the elixir people as they are are dependent on ether they will always be dependent on a machine whether it be the great machine yeah. or a servitor we need to in his case literally become something else and so Fickrell sees his resurrection into a, a scorn who does not need ether, by the way. Uh, he sees his resurrection. Not, into not a, even like dark ether, like dark ether is just how he becomes right. rezzed. Right. There is no indication that scorn require an ether supply to survive after resurrection. Uh, and so he, he sees that as a liberation. He's like, yeah, the, let, let the elixir people, die let them go extinct so that they can be resurrected without this weakness yeah almost almost like an evolution right like a forced this evolution is the next, but yeah yeah this is the next evolution of elixir like the, the 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 scorn albeit he's one of a kind right now is the next way of life like that's that's how the elixir people are no longer fallen or that's how they free themselves from all this 
dependency on ether and machines and and broken houses and and even like, again looking at older side like well this house of kings that that i formed up with to form this house of dusk they i don't need them anymore screw them if i can just create you <laughs> you being the the fanatic like if i can create scorn screw it i have no use for this house they're still chasing old old ideas and old old patterns and stuff I, that that's not going to work so yeah it's it's a uh, i i do like the i i like the idea uh that um fickerel is like we need to this is how we move forward albeit in like a really kind of messed up way that they need that that fickerel sees that they need to move forward oh yes but to see for for another elixney to see like hey there can be a way forward now again we're look i i look at it as like the three different well maybe not three maybe it's mainly just two but we'll we'll include varix just for the hell of it um so you have you have mithrax looking at his people going i will i will be the new kel i will i will lead the people like if if we want to worship the great machine sweet let's do it let's 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 make the most of it let's not do you know let's let's have a life of forgiveness of of you know not having to kill everything around us let's let's start living the way that the 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 people that follow the traveler live and then you have fickerel of like no that like obviously these are they're they're not button heads with each other but fickerel's in his way is like this is the way the elixir people need to move forward we need to we need to become the elixir need to become extinct and we need to rise as this new race as this new non-machine dependent non-ether dependent non you know new beings in existence and then you have varix who's just like super sad about everything <laughs> yeah it's like like our people suck we suck we're so bad we we just why can't why can't we have nice things <laughs> like that's that's but those those really are kind of the two and and then of course like i i, I spider who's like merchandising yeah like that's obviously there's like a way of life there so we we kind of have Again, I'll, I'll take I'll take Varix back out because he's just kind of he's 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 just kind of like this sad, lonely. He he has a want <laughs> for his people to return to how they were, but he doesn't necessarily have a strategy for that. Right, and no strategy, no means, no no true way of like accomplishing the let's return to our our golden age, our our pre our our you know the days on Reese and all that stuff. So like he he has the want and the and and but maybe maybe not necessarily the drive or means or whatever. But then like the other three like Fickrel, Mithrax, and Spider. These are these are three true paths that the Elixni are now on. Um, maybe not as like a whole as a race. Each one of them are happening individually, um, independent of each other, and they just happen to be happening kind of all at the same time. Yeah. So we are going to uh, kind of finish out this little story of Fickrel and Aldrin uh, with the last lore reading of the night, which is uh, called Docking, which is also from the Forsaken Prince book. And it goes like this. Honorless at the end, gasps the former King of Kells. Faithless and false. Your sister's will kept us from the great machine Aldrin saw of. 
She challenged the wolves by right of noble lineage, but you, you skulk in shadows and filth. You hide behind your bruises like a dreg. Funny you should mention that, Aldrin sneers. He knows he's sneering, but this worthless thing deserves it. What did the Kell of Kings ever want? To go backwards? More servitors? More machines? More of the past? Aldrin sees now that extinction is only the beginning, that the bones of what you become can act more powerfully than the flesh of what you left behind. Fickerel, he gestures. Shattered servitors and dead fallen loom in ether-frosted mounds behind Fickerel. He comes forward silently, hulking, horrific, his headdress gritting out of the firelight into blocks of shadow and smoke. He carries two shock daggers. We are the last of our kinds, Aldrin tells the Kell. My sister is gone. So is the idea of your great machine. The difference between us, he leans in to hiss, is that my sister is coming back. And in four swift cuts, the Archon of the Scorned Barons docks the Kell of Kings. Aldrin tears the House of Kings sigil, sigil hanging from the new dreg's belt and holds it high for all to see. The kings are dead, he says. Long lives the king, comes Fickrell's reverent growl. And that's the end of that lore card. So that's that's the end of that's essentially the end of the last house, right? Like the end of as much as as much as House of Dusk was a thing, obviously there was still the Kell of Kings kind of in there, and and not maybe not necessarily because because like like you said before the 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 House of Kings was like the uniting house, like that was their whole purpose was to to have this united Elixni. Whereas, but I think even even it's that's such an odd concept, right? To to have these different houses as as kind of separate from each other, but then to have one to be like, well, let's unite them all, but it's it's still under its own house. So it's like you've got conflicting ideas there. So e even as a Kel of that house, that would be like a, 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 a conflicting thought within itself. Like, let's unite, but I still want to be a Kel, so I still want to be the Kel of Kings. So it's like to, for the Kel of Kings to still kind of exist in that capacity and then Aldrin being like, suck, 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 that's it. <laughs> like... You're, now you're a drag. Sucks to suck, bro. <laughs> yeah, like Aldrin is now making a a offensive move to be the sole, you know, source of power, the sole leadership, uh, and presumably from his discussion with Fickrell and his, you know, the sentiments he talked about there, that the bones of what you become are stronger than the flesh of what you leave behind. I I assume that he is going to have that mound of Elixni. Uh, you know, corpses that Fickrell has created just turned into the first, you know, first of the Scorn army that yep. will be under his control. Yep. yep. And that's, that's, those are all the Scorn that we fight throughout, uh, throughout Forsaken. All the, all the Screebs and stuff. I wonder where a Screeb comes from. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully not a small I, I, one. Like there's no... Oh no! 
Oh no, I know. you did not. <laughs> it's the only thing that size though. Oh no. I I can't I can't kill screams anymore. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm never shooting a scream ever again. I can't do it, Myth. You ruined it. I can't. In my head I was like, well maybe it's just a drag, right? But no, they don't even like look like dregs. They they look like Smallin. Oh god. <laughs> I've killed so many Smallin. Oh god. It's okay. They're corrupt, right? Yes, like that's they're, they're corrupt. Can we ju- is that they're, they're, is they're that gonna, justified? They're just going to explode anyway. God damn it. <laughs> why, man? Why? Like, uh, this this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> this is why Varric's uh, wants better for his people. Cuz God, that's so sad. Like, I, I can't do it now. I cannot shoot a scream from now on. I, I won't do it. I refuse. I cannot do it. Um, wow, that was a, that was kind of a dark <laughs> thing to end on. But, oh well, that's that's what we got. Well, on that um, note, we're that <laughs> completes our readings for tonight. Yeah. See you next time. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that's that's. Uh, so now, so now we've seen truly the last of the houses. Like, yep. so, so I, the one question I have out of that one is, is that the last of House Dusk? Like, we know that's the last of House Kings, but is is even that as Dusk now completely disbanded? Um, they still pop up as throughout the timeline, but I think this this is a obviously a severe blow to their leadership and um kind of ends ends them as any any kind of organized threat sure uh, because you know the the ones that aldrin re- retains control over he does so by making them scorn he just got to say he just kills them and raises them in scorn right so yeah god that's that's kind of mind blowing is is aldrin anakin <laughs> oh my god you could draw some parallels i guess he kills all the younglings oh my god <laughs> okay well uh that's where we made it to tonight um i guess shout outs yeah so we do have a shout out for tonight that comes to us from apple podcast uh a review submitted by a ddh england uh, who I assume is in the UK. Uh, they yeah. say, discovered you guys. We're international. Yay. Yay. Uh, they say, discovered you guys a couple weeks ago and have been obsessed. You guys have a good dynamic and an awesome structure. I love the chapter reads, followed by recap and reaction. It really brings the whole destiny lore to life. One question, though would you guys ever do interviews? I feel that my name is Bife would be a great one due to the fact that you are all, you are all lore daddies. Uh, keep up the grind. Appreciate it. I I would be super humbled and like giddy as all get out if my name is Bife or Mylan Games or any of them found us and was like, hey, you want to do a thing or or something. Like I'm I'm too timid to reach out myself, so that's where I'm like, eh. If it happens, sweet. If it if it doesn't, that's okay too. Like, but yeah, like it, it all, all all all. I think all of us lore daddies, because I I now kind of see myself as that as well, um, and, and myth obviously as well. Like that's like 
we all we want to, all we're doing is like bringing this story to life like bringing emotion to it bringing the the connecting a a video game with the with the the person inside all of us right like that's the that's that's kind of like what we do and and i mean hell even tonight like <laughs> how many times did i <laughs> i'm straight up crying during some of these lore readings like yeah it's uh yeah, that's super. God, that's super nice things to say. Yeah. I, thank you. No, thank you very much. And I, I mean, certainly be open to interviews or collaborations. I'm not going to say sort. no. <laughs> uh, I say we we realize we're we're pretty small potatoes by comparison to someone like a, a buyer for a mile in or whatnot. But uh, eh, you never know. Maybe one day be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any other shout outs there then? Uh, say so that's the only direct shout out for, for tonight. Um, but do just want to say, uh, we did have a, a couple of requests on Twitter, um, due to the whole Telesto taking over the game thing <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> of people wondering like, Oh, are you guys going to cover Telesto and what's going on with the, the community event or, or possible community event, all that. Um, and I responded on there, but, uh, we I we did do a short little uh like ten minute um this is what Telesto is and this is the the lore around it in a a very short uh YouTube video which was also kind of a, a beta test for a couple of things that we've we've been wanting to do. We might um, be having stuff coming next year. Maybe, but uh so yeah check check that out if you're interested in Telesto. But we'll leave the like community puzzles and and code breaking and those kinds of things we'll we'll leave those to you know the, the two of us whatnot. are not smart enough to beat like <laughs> yeah. a community of millions i <laughs> i wish no yeah no <laughs> but um but no so check out that little telesto video if you're interested uh it's on our youtube and on our twitter um but otherwise, you know, just thank you everyone for continuing to listen. I uh, say we we enjoy making it as much as we hope you enjoy listening. So, absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. I gotta thank someone. I don't know. Tonight's reading was emotional. I don't. I don't know who to thank here. Um. Oh hell, we'll we'll thank Mythrax. No, no, no. We're going to thank you, the player guardian, for sparing Mithrax. For keeping him alive. That's the thanks that comes out tonight. Thank you, VIP 2014, player guardian, who was kind enough to spare a life. Remember, a little kindness goes a long way. It might turn into a DLC two years later. This is also true, and several seasons. <laughs> yeah um all right um anything else miss that's it for me all righty well then from all of us lore daddies to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next time